and we have to face the challenge. Anybody ever had any challenges? I know it's late, but I'm not going to keep you long. I'll tell you like Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband, not going to keep you long. <clears throat> not going to keep you long, but I do, I do need to drop something in your spirit. Face the challenge. And before I share this scripture, and before we go there, I, I need to tell you that portion of the scripture that we're going to share today is a little crude you know sometimes the Bible is real God God keeps it real religious people are the ones that get all plastic and everything but but God keeps it real so I've called it face the challenge I could have just as easy called it go fight or just go we could have entitled this message wake up because the body of Christ needs to wake up when we get to this to the text in just a moment you'll see that we could have easily called it don't get your eye poked out Did your mama, did your grandma ever, ever say, y'all quit doing that, somebody's going to get their eye poked out. So if we're going to face the challenge that we are facing, I need to tell you, don't get your eye poked out. It's true. You're going to see that in just a moment. Because we are in a fight, we are in a war. People don't understand the fight, the war that we are in, but we are in a fight. We are in a war. Let's have the next one. There we go. Exodus 15, 3 says, the Lord is a man of war. Did you know the Bible says God is a man of war? We want everything peaceful. We want everything calm. We always want it easy. But we are in a battle. If we have ever been in a battle, we are in a battle. If we have ever been in a fight, we are in a fight now. Wake up. Go fight. Don't get your eye poked out. Wake up, church. We are in a war. Zechariah 4, 6 says, however, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Do you have any idea what the Hebrew word is for spirit right there? Would it happen to be ruah? Would it happen to be breath of God, spirit of God, wind of God? That's exactly what it is. So the Lord is a man of war. We are in a war. We are in a battle. But God says, not by might, not by power. But by my breath, by my wind, by my spirit, by my presence, we shall win the war. So we have a challenge to face. I'm going to move quickly, but I want you to get this scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 11. Last week I gave you just a few verses in 1 Samuel chapter 10. Saul had just been 
anointed as king. The people wanted a king. Israel wanted a king so they could be like the other nations. And in chapter 10, he had just been appointed king and God gave him a new heart and turned him into another man. When the spirit of God came upon Saul, he was turned into another man. He was changed. He was reborn. There was a rebirth. Something happened in him, but God had been preparing him all that time. And if you'll hang with me and be sensitive to the spirit, you will see the parallels of what God is doing right here. You will see the parallels of what God is doing in the earth. You will see the parallels of what happened then. God is doing now. So let's read this. And when you read it, you can't just read it. You have to really understand the words. And since we don't have a long time to do exhaustive study, I've done some of it for you. Then Nahash. Everybody say Nahash. It's interesting to know that Nahash, who was an Ammonite, his name is important because the name Nahash means serpent or snake that hisses. So then Nahash, the serpent, the snake that hisses, the Ammonite. And it's interesting to know that the word Ammonite means, you're going to love this one, inbred. Somebody say incest. Inbred. I don't have time today to talk a lot about that. But in your spare time this week, in your devotions, just look up inbred and see what kind of people come out of inbred incest situations. So then Nahash, the serpent, the snake that hisses, the, the inbred came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. Jabesh, the word Jabesh. Happens to mean shameful or ashamed or disappointed or confused or dry. And Gilead means heel of testimony. So the serpent, the snake that hisses, the inbred, came up and encamped against the shameful, the ashamed, the confused, the dry, the disappointed hill of testimony. He had a testimony. It was on a hill. It had raised up because God had done some things, but somewhere along the way they were ashamed. These people were ashamed and confused and disappointed and dry. And watch this. All, not, not 50%, not 10%, not 1%, but all the men of Shameful, disappointed, confused, dry, said to the serpent, the snake that hisses. What did they say? They said, make a covenant with us. Connect with us. We had a testimony on the hill, but we're so ashamed. We're so confused. We're so beat down. We are so disappointed. They wanted to make a connection, a covenant with the serpent. And if we make that covenant, here's what we will do. We will serve you. The word serve there comes from a Hebrew word, abad. And it literally means to reconnect or to connect in bondage. To assign your life to be in bondage. So they said, we'll make a covenant. And the serpent, the snake that hisses, the inbred, answered them and said, on this condition, I will make a covenant with you. 
that I may put out all your right eyes. Let me translate. I'll make a covenant, but I'm going to poke your eye out. I'm going to poke out your right eye. Not just a few, not just the leaders, not just the, the, the generals or the sergeants or any commanders, not just the soldiers, but all the people. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, okay, we'll come into covenant with you. We'll connect with you. We'll put you in bondage. But if we do that, we're going to poke out all your eyes. And when we do it, it'll bring a reproach on Israel. Then the elders of ashamed and disappointed and confused and dry said to him. Now, this is important. Somebody, somebody had a little bit of discernment. They were confused. They were ashamed. They were, they were disappointed. They were dry. They were weary. They, had, they, they were ready to quit. But somebody said to them, and when they gave their response and their answer to the serpent, to the snake, to the inbred, they said, hold off for seven days. That we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel. And then, if there is no one to save us. That word translate. If there's no one to defend us, to help us, to save us, to come to our rescue. If nobody comes to defend us. Then yes, we will come out to you. And we will come into covenant. And we will be your Servants, We will put ourselves in bondage and you can poke out our eye. Do I need to tell you we're in a war? So here's the goal of the enemy. The reason he wanted to poke out the right eye. Because most of the people are right-handed. Most of the people, when they would shoot the bow, anything they would do, they would have a shield in one hand, but they would have their, their bow, they would have their sword, their weapon. They needed their right eye because that's the eye you aim with. That's the eye that you have to focus with. That's the eye that you're going to encounter the enemy. And if you lose your right eye, you are no longer able to do war. You are no longer capable to fight. They wanted to render them incapable of fighting. They wanted to bring a reproach on them, just like the enemy today wants to bring a reproach on you. And he wants to identify you as a weak coward, worthless and unable to fight, unable to go into the battle, unable to go in the war. Could I tell you the enemy wants to cause you to be unable to roar? These people had lost their roar. They were ashamed. They were confused. They were disappointed. And they were spiritually dry. They lost their roar. Could I tell you today, whatever you do, get knocked down, get knocked back, go back and retreat for a moment, regather your thoughts, regather your steps, but whatever you do, do not lose your roar. Whatever you do, let the roar come out of you. Let the roar rise out of you. You are created for something bigger than you're doing right now. God has anointed you. God has empowered you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let out your roar, somebody. So there was a call to fight. 
I've lost control over this. Go back to that other scripture one time. Okay. No. Now I have control. If the switch is off, you have no control. So they had a call to fight. Saul was coming back from the bush. And he starts hearing all this crying and all this weeping. Because what happened is the men, the elders of Jabesh, sent that message out through all the territory to see if anybody would come and help them. And when the message started reaching the villages, when it started reaching the people, you can imagine, they were weak, they were disappointed, they were disillusioned, they were confounded, they were ashamed, they were ready to quit and ready to give up. So all of them start thinking about now, we're going to lose our eye, we're going to be servants, we're going to be slaves, we're going to be in bondage again. And not only that, we're going to lose our right eye so we can never fight again, so we can never do what God wants us to do again. And Saul said, what troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh, the men of being ashamed and confounded and disappointed and dry. Verse 6, then the Ruah of God came upon them. Look it up. Look up the Hebrew word. The Ruah of God, the breath of God, the spirit of God, the wind of God came upon Saul when he heard this. When he heard this terrible news, this terrible report, the spirit of God came upon him. And his anger was greatly aroused. Now the devil will tell you, you can't get mad. You're not a Christian. You lost your temper. He's a liar. The Bible says be angry and sin not. But things happen that cause us to have some righteous indignation. Sometimes things happen in us and anger arises and we see an unjust. We see a, a wrong. We see something was done to somebody or done to us that was totally wrong. It's all right to let the anger rise just a little bit and let the Spirit of God come upon you so you can deal with it. In a righteous way. That's exactly what Saul was going to do. He heard about it. His anger was greatly aroused. Verse 7. So he took a yoke of oxen. And he cut them in pieces. And he sent a message. He sent these pieces of oxen throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of the messengers. Don't miss this. And he says, whoever does not does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle. In other words, he was giving them a call to fight. He was saying something's happening to some of our brothers and we're not going to tolerate it. We're not going to let it happen. We're going to rise up. We're going to stand up. We're going to raise up an army and we're going out and I'm cutting these pieces of, of this oxen in pieces and sending it out. And if you don't come and fight with me and Samuel, what we did to this oxen is going to happen to you. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people. And they came out with one consent. They heard the call. They answered the call. Were they afraid? Yes. But the fear of the Lord came upon them. 
And the Bible says they came out with one consent. Let me tell you what that means. If you look up that Hebrew word consent, it means that they got together as one champion. The word champion comes out of that Hebrew word consent. They came together, all the people. How many people? I'm going to tell you in just a moment. But if I can just go ahead and give you a teaser, it was over 300,000. When the word went out, when the message went out, when the call to fight went out, 300,000 plus answered the call because the fear of the Lord came on the people and they got together and they came out to fight. As champions, as one champion, because they didn't want their eyes poked out. So the warriors rallied, the leaders prophesied. When he numbered them, when Saul numbered them in Bezek, and I might tell you that the word Bezek means lightning. When he numbered them in lightning, something's about to happen fast. Something's about to happen quick. When lightning comes, you don't have time to wait and see it come. It comes, it comes, it's there, it strikes, it's immediate, it's fast, it's fast. When it suddenly takes place, I'm talking to somebody, it, it happens quick. You, you, you've been praying, you've been waiting, but when the suddenly happens, it's on the scene. It's now, it's now, it's now, it's now, it's now. And when the number, when he numbered them in lightning, when he numbered them in Bezik, the children of Israel were 300,000 and the men of praise because you know Judah means praise. The men of praise were 30,000. At least 10% of them were just set aside and ordained to be praisers. They were going out front. They were worshipers. They were praisers. They were shouters. They were ready to fight. They were saying, where's the mountain? Give me the mountain. I'll fight. Where, where's that inbred guy? I'm going to fight him. I'm going to knock him down. Where is that serpent? Where is that snake? Where is that one that hisses? Let me at him. I'm going to knock him down. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to put him under my foot. Now, they're going to prophesy. Here's the prophecy. You shall say to the men of ashamed and confused and disappointed and dry, Tomorrow, I got a roar coming out. Tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you, you shall have help. Oh, come on, somebody. By the time the sun comes up, by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. Oh, somebody shout, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Let the roar help come out. Jesus. Help me, Jesus. They were prophesying. And guess what happened? They got an overwhelming victory. Sit down. I, I got to quit. We just got a minute. They had an overwhelming victory. Verse 11. So it was on the next day. Somebody say tomorrow. The roar is coming. Suddenly is taking place. So it was on the next day that Saul put the people in three companies. I don't know if that was one company of 30,000 Judah praisers and 150 and 150 of the others split up. Or if it was 110 and 110 and 110. I don't know. But he put them in three companies, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And they came into the midst of the camp of Nahash, the serpent, the snake that hisses, the Ammonite, the inbred. They came into his camp in the morning watch. And 
and killed the inbreds until the heat of day, just like the prophetic word the day before. Now watch this. And it happened that those who survived, which means most of them did not, but those who survived were scattered. Watch this. So that no two of them were left together. Because when you got somebody to agree with, even if you've been knocked down, knocked back, feel defeated, ready to quit, ready to give up, if you've got somebody to agree with you, there is power in agreement. The Bible says one puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. But they were smart enough to know to scatter them so that there was no agreement. They had nobody to agree with. They had nobody to fight with. They had nobody to come back with. It was over. Look at somebody and say, don't get your eyes poked out. The bottom line is they had an overwhelming victory. What happens when you get victory? Verse 14, double seven, God's number, perfection, completion. Then Samuel said to the people, the prophet said to the people, come and let us go to Gilgal. Gilgal means hill, mountain, place of height, so you can see things different. Let us go. Since we won, since we pushed them back, since they are defeated, since they cannot agree anymore, there was no two left together. He said, let us go to the mountain. Let's go to the high place and renew the kingdom there. So all the people went to Gilgal. Gilgal actually means rolling away. Gibeah means heal. Gilgal means rolling away. It was at Gilgal when they came across from being in the wilderness 40 years that they piled up the stones and they built a memorial and they called the place Gilgal, which means rolling away, where all the sins have been rolled away and all your past has been rolled away and all your baggage has been rolled away and all your addictions and everything that used to keep you in bondage, it's been rolled away. He said, let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. So the people went to Gilgal and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. There they made sacrifices of peace offerings before the Lord, and there Saul and all the people of Israel rejoiced greatly. Can I translate? They had a party. They had a Holy Ghost party. They had a celebration. They danced, they sang, they ate, they praised, they worshiped, they listened to the music, they played the music. They had themselves a time. And I'm of the opinion that they didn't lose any warriors in the battle. I'm of the opinion that all 330,000 lived. It didn't say anywhere that they died. I'm of the opinion that when the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the Ruach of God came upon them, everything changed. 
And this says they, they renewed the kingdom. There was a renewal. There was a rebirth. And that's what's taking place in the earth. That's what's taking place here right now. We have been born again. We have been rebirthed. There might have been times in our history, and we've had a great almost 20 years. There might have been times there were more people. But right now, what God is doing is greater than anything he has done. He is gathering the remnant. If you're here, like I've said several times, there is a high, likely high probability that you are part of God's remnant for these last days, this last season, as we are crossing the threshold from the dispensation of grace into the dispensation of the end times. Come on, somebody. The order of the day, rebirth. Somebody shout it, rebirth. So face the challenge. Go fight. Don't get your eyes poked out. Wake up. And here's what the challenge is. Hear the call to fight. Assemble with the warriors. Give heed to the prophetic word because the prophetic is going forth. See an overwhelming victory because when the Spirit of God comes upon you, He gives you a new heart. You are a new man. You are a new woman. Everything changes when the Spirit, the breath, the Ruach of God comes upon you. And the bottom line is there is a rebirth. We have been born again. John 3, 3, Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Lift your hands right now and say, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, come in me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody stand. Lift your hands right now and just say it. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Come on me. Rebirth me. Change me. Transform me. Fill me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we close, I want to invite everybody to come down here and get as close as you, as you can. Just come down here. Let's close together today. I know I'm a little bit over time. If you're taking medicine, it's 1229. Oh, I know you got healed. We're in a war, folks. People got to wake up. If they don't wake up, they're going to get their eyes poked out. A lot of the folks at the seminaries, cemeteries, they're getting their eyes poked out. And unless we exalt ourselves above measure, we need to be reminded that the church, by and large, has been asleep for 100 years. We've been sleeping on the job. We've let things happen in this country and around the world that should never have taken place because we were asleep or lazy or had our back turned or I don't know what we were doing. But we need to wake up because you know what's happening in the church now, don't you? It's a form of godliness denying the power. You know what's happening in the church now? People are getting crystals so they can feel energy. People are moving into witchcraft and Wiccan and Satanism and things in the church calling it God. People are going to graves of their ancestors and I forget what they call it, but sucking the spirits out of the grave, some stupid thing like that. You won't find that in this book. And it's happening in the church. There is a blending of Islam and Christianity in a group and they're calling it Chrislam. It's not in the book. Wake up. 
face the challenge. Don't get your eyes poked out. Realize that we're in a fight, we're in a battle, we're in a war. But the good news is, there's a prophetic word going out. There's a sound going out to the nations. God's raising up the remnant to roar. He's raising up. He's ordaining. He's advancing the remnant. And if you want to be right in the middle of it, you're in the right place. Lift your hands like Bezik, like lightning rods. And start expecting you're suddenly right now. I'm going to pray for you. And I don't know what you need suddenly. I don't know if you need a job, if you need a financial breakthrough, if you need healing in your body, if you need deliverance, if your marriage needs healing, restoration. I don't know what you need right now. But whatever you need right now, tell him. Because the Spirit of the Lord, the Ruah, the breath of God is in this place right now to breathe on you. The Holy Spirit is here right now. And He is breathing right now. He is touching people right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, we release Your power. It's Your power. It's Your Spirit. Rain on us. Let us operate under an open heaven right now. Rain on us. Breathe on us. Let the breath of God, the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God touch us and change us so that we are reborn. There is a rebirth. There is something supernatural taking place right now. Baptize us fresh with your Holy Spirit just like you did in Acts 2. Pour out your Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, let the suddenlies take place. Let the miracles take place right now. Right now, we declare suddenlies in this room. We declare suddenlies in these people. We declare it now in Jesus' name. We just join our faith in agreement right now for suddenlies to manifest in Jesus' name. In our families, in our kids, on our jobs, in our workplace in our neighborhoods, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we declare it. We receive it. We receive the prophetic word. We stand on 1 Timothy 1, 18, Lord, where you told us to war with the prophecies. I speak right now that the prophecies that have been given in this house and the prophecies that have been given individually to people in this house and those that are a part of this ministry right now, we go to war with those prophecies and we just say, thank you, Lord, that now is the time. We say, thank you, Lord, now is the season. We thank you, Lord, that the roar is coming out of us now, 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 now. In Jesus' name, for such a time as this, we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name now when I count to three I want you to lift up a roar lift up a shout of victory lift up a war hoop we are warriors we are called we are ordained do it right now one two three yes hallelujah